Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast, live from the Buggy Down Bronx. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And today, we'll be talking about Google Design Sprints. What are they, and why would anyone want to do it? I mean, imagine, because Google made it, right, Dave? I don't, I don't know. Why would one want to run this? I mean, yeah, all the cool kids are doing it, I guess, right? Like, cool kids like Stephen Merriweather and Kirsten Nording. Hey, we got special guests in the building, live on air. <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Uh, Stephen, how's it going? Kirsten, how are you? Great. How's everything? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right. Before we begin, Stephen, tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience with the Google Design Sprint. Sure. So my name is Steven. I'm a senior developer consultant here at Stride. I've been working for Stride for about two years. And over the past few weeks, for the last few clients that I've been on, we've run Google Design Sprints. And so I've learned a lot. They're super fun. And I'm really excited to talk about them. I'm Kirsten. I'm a senior developer consultant at Stride as well. Been at Stride for two, two and a half years now. And my previous engagement uh, ran a Google Design Sprint with Stephen Merriweather. It was super fun. I learned a ton. Excited to get into it. Crushed it. <laughs> Dave, we got some experts here about to tell us about the Google Design Sprints. Are you ready? I'm ready. I mean, Let's it sounds it. super cool. Like, I, I love the idea of a design sprint. It's way different than just a regular sprint, like just writing the code sprint, right? Like, how boring. Why write code? <laughs> when you could design the sprint. There you go. What, so what, what is it exactly? Um, so I think before we say anything, I think it's worth crediting this wonderful company named AJ and Smart. They're a company based out of Germany. They have some awesome materials that we will reference later on in the conversation. But a lot of the stuff that we're going to say, we learn from them. So I just want to preface the conversation with that. Hmm. Um, so, so like, do they continue the tradition of like a Google design sprint or like refine it further? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. To answer your original question, what is a Google design sprint? A design sprint is a four day process for rapidly solving big challenges, creating new products, improving existing ones. And the, the primary selling point is that it compresses what could potentially be months of work into just a couple of days. That's a lot of time. Yeah. Awesome. So how did this become a thing? I mean, I imagine like people may have been running some sort of design sprints that were taking months of work. Like the individuals you mentioned before were able to condense this down to a couple days. Like what's the history of it? So the Google Design Sprint was developed by this guy named Jake Knapp. He was a longtime Google employee and he realized that Typically, in the software development cycle, you define what you're going to work on, and then you build it, and then you validate whether the thing was successful or not. And what ends up happening in a lot of projects is the build stage takes more and more time. And so you actually spend a lot of time and money and resources building product before you actually validate whether or not it was successful. And so he had this idea of tightening that feedback loop. And so he developed this system, which is now the Google Design Sprint. He, it's the Google Design Sprint because he developed it while he was working for Google. Um, and he, he ran this, exer- the, this framework of, of a bunch of exercises with various different teams inside of Google. Um, he eventually became a design partner at Google Ventures, where the concept was formalized. And Google Ventures has been running it for all of their clients ever since. And it's, it's sort of a, a staple in the way they work. 
Oh man, so this has been like you mentioned in 2010. So it's been 10 years of of the creation of this and constantly being refined and different ways of it running. They have multiple versions of this, I imagine now since it's been out for uh, 10 years. That's uh, kind of interesting. You're talking about like that feedback loop for validation. And I guess like I'm imagining like kind of like completely rowing in the wrong direction and then having to go back the way you came and row in the other direction so that you can, you know, get yourself in the right place where your product needs to be. Yeah, totally. And and so what the Google Design Sprint is fundamentally is it's a, a series of exercises that you run over five days that allow you to ideate, build, and then validate business challenges or objectives. And so that was the process that uh, Jake Knapp developed while at Google. That's what Google Ventures used for a long time. And then this company that we mentioned before, AJN Smart, saw this thing that Google was doing, was super excited about it, and started running their own design sprints for their clients. And hundreds of design sprints later, they realized that you could actually condense the five days into four days. And oh, wow. take Friday off. Um, and nice. so <laughs> Just party. <laughs> just yeah. Literally party. Um, kind and of. so Google Design Sprint. <laughs> yeah. The get Google to work, Design maybe. Sprint. <laughs> No, I, I think you actually party that last day. I think that's part of the official documentation. <laughs> and so the Google Design Sprint 2.0 was developed by both AJ and Smart and Jake Knapp together. Um, and so that's now the process that, that we use at Stride. And that's the recommended process that you would use if you wanted to run a Google Design Sprint. So you mentioned that this Design Sprint like helps you tighten the feedback loop and get quicker information about the product ideas that you have, what other problems might you solve with the design sprint besides just like validating the ideas? I think one of the things that helps with is uh, innovation on teams. It's hard for teams to innovate, come up with new ideas. And there's a lot of structure built into the design sprint itself to facilitate that kind of thinking. So like kind of brainstorming, Totally. Like a lot of structure and different techniques to get everybody in that headspace. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And what I would add to that is a lot of times you see at product companies, they have big big business challenges or, or objectives that they need to hit. And you have someone in the organization coming up with product ideas to to solve those things. But how do you know if they actually work? Well, you build software and then you look at the results after the fact. And if it worked, great. If not, you try again. The problem with that process is that building software is really expensive and it takes a lot of time. So what if you could do something where you have some process that uh, lets you validate this product idea that you have in a short amount of time before writing any software? And so fundamentally, it lets you de-risk your product ideas. And so you can use it at, at any type of company, you know, anytime, anywhere there's a, a big product idea, probably not as, as granular as like moving this button five pixels to the left. But if you have a, a big product ideas that are going to take lots of time to build out, you can use a design sprint to validate the efficacy of that idea before you involve software engineers. So like traditionally, like software engineers might not be part of the design sprint. It's more like kind of a business and design and customer focus. Like who's participating in this or what kind of people would normally attend the design sprint? I think it's a whole cross-functional team that can attend. So software developers can be involved. 
uh, people on the design or product side, you definitely want domain experts and stakeholders in the room. Yeah. And to add to that, I, th- I think it's important that, is a, that it is a cross-functional team because a client might want this the, a product that is a little unrealistic. And so who's going to tell them that the scope is actually 15 years worth of work, if not a software developer? <laughs> Just one and a half. That, that's for traveling salesmen and <laughs> solves it in linear time. So it sounds like a lot of the techniques that you're talking about, like ideating and like validating those ideas, sound like they're very useful in like a project inception. Are there any other times that it might be useful to start a Google Design Sprint? Yeah, Dave, I think you're right. A project inception makes a lot of sense. And at Stride, we've actually run these Google Design Sprints at business inceptions. So people come to us with ideas and they want us to build out their product. And we use the Google Design Sprint to help them align on exactly what they want to do and then to start validating some of their ideas before we write any software. While there's software engineers in the room, there may not be programming that's actually being done at the moment, but having those people in the room can tell whether it's going to take X amount of time to like tell the business folks to pump the brakes on certain features, I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. So um, there's there's actually no programming done in the five-day design sprint. That doesn't mean that it's not super exciting and super fun for a programmer in those conversations. Cool. So I think we covered like most of the who, what's, why's. We just have like a, a where that I guess we haven't really uh, answered like where do you normally try and do these design sprints? Like, I think some kind of office space um, works well, but you want to make sure that you have like space for people to move around, wall space, natural light. You're going to be in a room with a bunch of people for four pretty long days. So you want it to be comfortable, have snacks, windows, fresh air, all those things we don't always have in New York City. <laughs> AJ and Smart, who's who I mentioned, has has done a, a ton of these Google Design Sprints. They actually have branded slippers that they hand out to their clients when they come in to run design no, sprints. Oh, like Crocs? Yeah. <laughs> oh, snap. They got Crocs for the Google Design Sprint. Oh, guy magic because you're standing so often and having to move around and all yeah, that Yeah, it's all stuff. about being comfortable. You're, you're in a room with the same people for a long time. The more comfortable you are, the, the more creative you can be. Totally. I.e. Crocs. I mean, is is there like friction that you feel like being in the same room with somebody for so long? Is there like a confrontational aspect to it where you have to like prove that your idea is better or? So, you know, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of the design sprint, but every design sprint needs to have what we call a decider. Um, And so it's someone who has the ultimate decision-making power. And so, yeah, sometimes you get a little bit of like trying to sway the decider one way or the other. But having one person who makes most of the decisions, I think, helps remove a lot of that. Okay, cool, cool. That's something I need to incorporate in my life. Like we need to assign a decider and then have that person be responsible for all the decisions that get made. Fleet decider Uh, was like... That's my wife. That's that's how it normally works. (laughs) My wife is the decider. Having a decider is awesome. I think everyone's probably had the experience of being in big meetings and trying to come to consensus with like seven 
to 10 people, having somebody who's responsible for making the decision is a real advantage. That's like a meme from like early 2000s SNL, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the decider. There you go. I guess they made it canonical, so it's it's official. It's 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 an official title. You can't. It's not silly. It's real. They get Uh, the bigger dot. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Oh, you think? Okay. It's true. The decider. There are exercises where people dot vote. They vote on ideas that they like by putting small dots, but the decider gets a really big dot. Oh, is it, nice. Is it like comically large? <laughs> it's not comically large. I think we. <laughs> I think it would be good to introduce one that was comically large. If like, I think ever... it could be bigger. <laughs> like they could like have in their back pocket if they like really they're deciding pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm ever the decider, I will have a comically large. <laughs> we have definitely searched the internet for comically large stickies. <laughs> so, um, yeah. We mentioned before that it has been condensed from five days to four days to run this. So, I want to get into an exercise where we explain the four days being uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We all know Fridays for partying, but let's start with Monday. So, Monday, nine o'clock. We all show up to this office. It has a lot of natural light and a lot of space. Gumma Crocs. Gumma Crocs. Yeah. Crocs. Yeah. 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 Gumma Crocs and uh, ready to go. What does the day look like for Monday? Bobby, I actually want to take a, one step back and say, let's like set the stage a little bit for a design sprint. So like, what, what are some things you need? You need about 500 stickies per person because it's a sticky heavy exercise. You need Sharpies. You definitely need Crocs. You, Kirsten, what else do you need? You need a lot of dots. You need snacks, water. You also, it's nice to have a dry erase board, big like easel stickies. It's also great to have a way to play music. There's a lot of times where people are kind of working quietly individually. So having a soundtrack you can play as background music is helpful. Yeah, one of one of the core principles of the Google Design Sprint is this, this concept of working together alone. And so what they found is having a lot of people in the room brainstorming out loud, and usually what ends up happening is the loudest person wins, right? And so the way you get around doing that is we're all in a room together, but a lot of the times we are working independently by ourselves for a set amount of time. And then once the time is over, you present to the group one by one. And then the decider makes a decision. And so that prevents this like loudest person wins problem. But you also get into some awkward silence. And so some music helps break that. That's cool. I like that. So that kind of gives the the introverts a chance to shine. Yeah, exactly. So Friday evening, what you do is you send an email to everyone who's going to be part of the design sprint and you give them an outline of uh, what the next week looks like. And so it's four days. Every day is a super long day, but we recommend starting at 10 a.m. and then ending at 5 p.m. and then having having a one-hour lunch in between and, and a few breaks. You, you get through a lot. You're in a room with everyone with a bunch of people. And so it's, it's, it can be really draining. So you sort of set the stage on Friday, you make make sure you have all your materials, and then you show up Monday morning at 10 a.m. Curse. All right, so and- now you're in your Crocs. Yeah, so now you're in your Crocs. <laughs> now we're back. Crocs, comfy, <laughs> snacks, music, there's stickies, dots, Sharpies. 10 a.m. 
Monday morning. What's the beginning of the process of, of that Monday? Well, you've got to kick it off. And I think every day it's really important to give people a sense for exactly what they're going to be going through throughout the day. But the first design sprint activity that happens is called the expert interview. So you have some experts in the room who know a lot about the business. And the whole team does this collaborative note-taking activity where they interview that expert and write down questions that they think of or challenges that they think of in terms of these, phrasing them as like, how might we do blank? Mm. Is that like something that might be close to the team or like that they've interacted with in the past? Or do you try and bring in some like outside perspective for the expert? It's It can be all of the above. So it can be someone who's on the team who's a subject matter expert. It could be someone in the organization, or it could be someone else outside of the organization. Okay. So, so maybe a context sharing exercise or inevitably a context sharing exercise, but like, you know, just coming from someone who is trusted. Definitely. And the whole team can ask questions. And then from there, you move on to establishing some long-term goals, which is like a very optimistic look at uh, what might the product do in two years' time? And this is supposed to be super optimistic, best case scenario. And then you actually, right after that, move on to something called sprint questions, which are like very pessimistic questions that you can ask about that goal. It's meant to get at what are all the things that might prevent us from achieving this? Yeah. And then using your how might we's, your long term goal and your sprint questions, then the next step is actually doing what's called dot voting, which we referenced earlier. And so um, the team, you you put the stickies, the how might we stickies on the board, and you put the sprint questions on the board, and um, the team will you give everyone some some dots, and they vote on the ones that they think are most most impactful. Which which how might we questions need to be answered out of all of them? Which sprint questions are the most risky that we need to answer? And so we spend time going through as a team, actually uh, dot voting on them, and then the facilitator whoever that ends up being on the team, will go through and read which of the how might we's and which of the sprint questions have the most dots. And those are sort of anchor the rest of the conversation and the rest of the week. Okay, cool. Do you like throw away any of the ones that like nobody voted for? Or do you kind of like hoard all of the knowledge and questions and thoughts that people have? We took pictures of all of it. Uh, We didn't save everything, but it was nice to have things up as a reference. I have a drawer next to my office that has stickies from 1995. So, oh, <laughs> I, I so everyone's stickies are in your drawer. <laughs> I think you wanted to keep the stickies, but we didn't. Oh. <laughs> so like, no to those, no, yeah, no to people. Save the stickies. It's important. We, Watch out for Steven. He's going to take your stickies. Yeah, <laughs> it's very well documented. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the purpose of doing this, these expert interviews and doing these long-term goal settings and these sprint questions is trying to identify what it is that your product might do. And so the next exercise is, is this thing called the map. And so the map is a very high-level overview of what your your product is doing. And so there's a way you go about doing this. Um, on the left side, you have your actors, your users, your businesses, whatever your actors are. On the right side, you have your objectives or goals. And so you have users on the left side, objectives on the right side, and you try to build out a journey to go from user to goal. And there's a, there's a few helpful ways you can do that. You can, you can talk about how 
users or, or your actors first learn about your product. And so they go from an actor to discovering you, learning about you, and then they move to how they actually use your product. And then by using your product, they accomplish whatever goal they're trying to achieve. So what, what we typically do is we go to a whiteboard, we pretty, pretty far apart, you write actors on the left side, and then uh, you give yourself some space and you write learn, and then you give yourself some more space and you write use, and then you give yourself, give yourself a little bit more space and you, and you write goals. And the team collaboratively figures out how a user or an actor goes from never hearing about you to accomplishing their goal using your product. And so that, that exercise is called the map, and it's a collaborative exercise we do together. And so those goals are like different from the ones from the previous step in yeah. general. Yeah. So the long-term goal is more business-focused. It's like, I want feature XYZ or, or product XYZ to increase conversion by 150% or something. And the goals in the map are... Um, what are the users actually trying to do? They're trying to purchase life insurance or they're trying to um, buy stock. So those are more user-focused during the mapping exercise and the long-term goal is more business-focused. So you build out this map on a, on a big whiteboard, who your actors are, how they first learn about you, how they use your product and what goals they're trying to achieve. Um, and then you take your sprint questions and your how might we's and you put them on the map. So one of your sprint questions might be, how do we know that someone needs life insurance or something? And so uh, you would take that sprint question and you would put it over on the discover side of the map because that, that involves more about them learning about your product. And, and so you, you take all your how might we's and your sprint questions, you overlay them on top of the map. And at the end, you have a pretty decent understanding of your product and how it actually achieves user goals and how it might be beneficial to a user. And the whole purpose here is this This usually lives in someone's head, um, but it's about getting it out of their head onto the whiteboard to get some shared context and to also put in some new ideas that that person might not be thinking about. You go from having doing this collaborative mapping exercise that is still super high level, right? It's We're not drawing anything yet. It's only words on, on a whiteboard. And so the next step is taking those words and those high-level concepts and making them a bit more concrete. And so there's a couple of exercises that we, that we run to turn feature ideas into actual more concrete product. And I'll let Kirsten talk about those. Sure. So the first one is uh, something called lightning demos, where everybody on the team goes off, does a little bit of research, um, finds some existing product that solves a similar problem in some way. It doesn't have to be in the same industry as the product you're talking about, but the idea is to the idea here is to kind of get some ideas on the table, inspire the whole team with a bunch of solutions that have already been uh, built. So everyone researches that. Everyone then does a quick presentation of the idea that they've discovered. And then from there, you move on to sketching some concepts. And there's a few like sort of ways of sketching that build on each other. The first one is you just kind of walk around the room taking notes, writing out some of the ideas that you've already, that have already been discussed. Sometimes that's just rewording things that have already been said. And that's like a structured exercise, actually. Yeah, they're all Balance notes time. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So like notes, you just write ideas. And one of the things about this that I like so much is that you don't have to have an idea yet. Like you can be restating things that have already been said. I think one of the other kind of principles of the design sprint is that you don't have to rely on creativity. So just building up that ability to come up with ideas slowly in a few steps. So note-taking, then you move on to a doodling exercise. These are all timed. And then there's the best exercise, which is called crazy eights, where you actually fold a piece of paper up into tiny eight tiny sections, and you get one <laughs> minute to draw one idea. You do that eight times really rapidly. It's super uncomfortable. It's a little bit stressful. Oh, um, man. <laughs> some of the drawings are like utter trash. Yeah. But you just, you kind of like work through it and get over that, which is nice. And then the last thing that you do is you draw this more like fully formed idea. And even if you don't have an idea that you feel really good about yet, you probably have some something percolating at this point. So you do a more fleshed out drawing of a concept that you think might work. And the goal of the the concept sketching and these exercises that Kirsten just talked about is um, transforming product ideas into actual sketches. Um, and so you, as, as she mentioned, it, they build on each other because it's really hard to go from like, I want to do X, Y, Z to this is how it might look like on a web page or in a mobile app or, or anything like that. And so you slowly build up the muscle of, of thinking about how this might look. You, you do crazy eights, which I agree is the most fun exercise of the whole thing. You start drawing over and over again. And, and this, this process takes an entire afternoon to do these four exercises. Um, and at the end, you have some real sketches of how you might solve this problem um, in, in a real way. Wait, so when am I eating lunch again? <laughs> Is it, like, actually, I'm, I'm like kind of joking, but like, I guess I, these sounded like they were just like fun little things that we're doing at the end of the day. Like, oh, it's like 10 minutes and then, you know, we'll do some doodling. But I mean, this is like, this sounds like actually this is a big bulk of the day. We left out a pretty important part, which is lunch break. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's for yeah. lunch? You have to fast <laughs> while you do a Google Design Sprint. Oh, it's keto. Oh, man. Everybody's doing keto. Um, so, so the way the... The way the day is broken up is uh, you have expert interviews in the morning. Right after that, you do long-term goal and sprint questions. Um, and then you turn uh, that shared knowledge into a, a map of what a user journey might be. And that's okay. a good breaking point. And so gotcha. you stop there. You Capture. take about an hour for lunch. And then you come back and you focus the rest of the afternoon on um, turning that map into sketches. Cool. Okay. That sounded like an intense monday i'm already exhausted from it hearing all the th it just sounds exhausting it's a lot of stuff yeah it and is exhausting it's really fun but it's really tiring and you have to take a lot of breaks i see although some of these sound like like party games i feel like you could just do this at a party like just play crazy eights why not no <laughs> No? Um, okay, we're not going to ideate I, I mean, the nah, next I'm, big thing. Yeah, it's that's wild. <laughs> draw eight one-minute sketches of things. I can barely draw. So to ask you to draw something <laughs> in a tiny square for a minute, that that does sound pretty stressful. Oh, I love tiny uh, drawings. That's my jam. <laughs> that being said, the exercises are, are timed in a way such that the day ends at 5 p.m. So you have a long sort of evening to, to recover and get back for day two. Awesome.
All right. Well, after an extensive Monday that we just went through, it's Tuesday, 10 a.m. Got my Crocs on. Got some snacks. Music's playing. 10 a.m. What's up? Yeah. What is the what is the music that's playing actually? Like what what song is playing? I need a, I need to be like set in the situation. Yeah. What music did you did did any <laughs> of you play? I'm curious. Like was it classical? Is it hard heavy metal? Only heavy metal. Oh nice. <laughs> no, <laughs> we didn't. Um, ah, heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. Tried to find background music that didn't have a lot of lyrics. That was just sort of on to make the room not silent and i think aj and smart actually has a great playlist on spotify that they use for the google design sprint oh, oh man gotta gotta link that one every yeah in every corner they're trying to you know optimize for this so that was monday from what we just heard about the google design sprint and yeah. we're gonna have to hold off here because there's a lot of content coming in store afterwards what a ride the google design sprint is no joke there's so much like activities yeah fun times lots of heavy metal from my understanding oh yeah and um crocs you're stuck. yeah you're in the yeah crocs and a good playlist uh Lunch. you're in a room hashing it out with your co-workers lunch is important you want to make sure it's fast and speedy we'll definitely include some good links for to different resources in the show notes be ready next week we'll talk about the tuesday wednesday and thursday of the design sprint because everybody knows fridays for partying that's true yeah <laughs> follow us now on twitter at radio free rabbit so we can keep the conversation going like what you hear give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole and never miss an episode subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast on behalf of our producer extraordinaire william jeffries and my amazing co-host dave anderson and me your host michael nunez thanks for listening to the rabbit hole (laughs) 